0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. We know it from the minute we hold our baby in our arms. Nothing will be the same again. Not the shape of our heart or the number of hours we sleep, or as it turns out, the relationship with our partner. Most people find that their relationship changes, but why does it happen and how can we make sure that it evolves and changes into something strong and satisfying? Joanne Wilson is a neuropsychologist and the author of Renovate Your Relationship. Hi Joanne, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm great, thank you. Yes, I was very much resonating that life will never be the same once I became
0: a parent. Many couples decide to have children because they think it will make them happier, but it's not always that straightforward, is it?
1: No, and I find it really fascinating. I'm a mother of three boys, uh, 12 and under, and I would have to concur that it does not bring happiness all the time. And I think that we do expect that. So it's quite a shock when uh, those beautiful little mini-me's that replicate all your good and bad habits push you to your absolute limits.
0: And when it comes to relationships, have you found that gender expectations have an impact on relationships after babies come? Yeah,
1: look, less and less so that I'm seeing that, you know, the female, for example, is is working outside the home more and there's more of those cases in the counselling room where the dad is staying home. Still, it's definitely not, hasn't swapped around at all. But I think that the interesting thing that I've found is that often the the career women, they find motherhood quite a struggle because I think in our careers, it's something that is tangible, something that we can do well and work towards. And then we are landed with this beautiful, spontaneous little thing that we can't control all the time and that they can control (laughs) our life. And I think that they're the ones that struggle the most then about these um, gender uh, expectations as well, that they have to be the one that loves parenting the most and it's often I love that when some women actually say it's actually really not working for me and they're just up front they're realizing that wow my career I could do that but this isn't really translating Mm -hmm. and I find that quite refreshing and just a great place to start in the counseling room when it comes to rebuilding how we're going to make this lifestyle work as a parent.
0: I do find it really interesting that I expected things to be much more even when it came to having kids. And I don't even mean with the domestic stuff. My husband and I shared that really well. Mm. But I found social expectations of what we should be doing and how we were handling it were really high in terms of, you know, that old saying, you know, he could change a nappy and he was a hero. (laughs) But if I was late at work and or if I was at home and needing his help somehow, I wasn't being a good mum. Like it was just the expectations of others on how I performed as a parent. It really surprised me.
1: Yeah. And that will also, what comes to mind there is your family of origin. I think that the, you know, if you've got these people behind the scenes or generations before you, that are they having their bits worth or they, are they putting these expectations on you that you feel like you have to follow when we absolutely don't. Like I love that about um, that you can create your whole new culture and whatever that means for you. But, yeah, I think there is that expectation in society that um, the buck stops with the woman still, sadly,
0: yeah. And can that cause tension because, look, I don't want to be harsh on the men here, but if you're in a situation where society is supporting you having a more relaxed time of it, how many how many people are really going to buck the trend? I mean, does that do those expectations other people have that the woman should be more connected, more involved, all of those things? Like how many times do you reckon men just go, oh, this is pretty good. I don't mind if she kind of takes the burden here. This is what's expected. And and then that causes tension.
1: Yeah, I think that does. I mean, there are so many other types of blokes around now. I'm going to stick up for them because I see them in the counselling room that are like, wow, my woman is really um, – so much more effective for our unit when she's working and enjoying a great career her mental health is better we get along better when she is purposeful outside of the home so i think that is wonderful to see they are out there but yeah i'd say that there's still a vast majority they're like okay cool yeah no all the blokes are going to be here and um you can uh be home doing the, the washing and uh when you're, I'll be home later, but that is a thing I think it brings to mind some themes I've seen over the years, where a guy would work all week and then for his downtime, he will go out motorbike riding for the full Saturday, and meanwhile the woman is at home doing her job again with the children, and then she might get a slither of time. I'm not sure if that's um, if you've heard about that too much, but that's definitely a big theme about their leisure time and their downtime, not just sort of the work part, but it's how how does a woman get a break when she's the full-time carer? That's quite full-on,
0: yeah. I saw that a lot when my children were smaller and I still hear about it now where the woman is at home working her butt off all week and and then she's like, oh, I got to do a yoga class because he went away for a golfing weekend. <laughs> and I just shake yeah. my fists at the sky and said, that is not fair.
1: <laughs> I know, it's really rough. And I think then that, there's also this theme that a guy would say, "Well, everything I do during this week is for you i I make if i if he's the one that is the primary income earner." It can often be a default statement for a bloke, and I'm not going to say everybody, and I can't stereotype them because there's definitely not a pink and a blue bucket when it comes to counselling. So, I do see that, yeah, there is definitely that theme that it's just, well, it makes it okay because everything I do is for you, and that is just the finances. And I think that's actually a mask, it's actually an escape. And many men have actually realised what they're doing there, and that's quite beautiful for them to see that it's not what that's about, that men will do get a lot of respect for bringing in the income, but it's about being intentional and being a team.
0: It's funny when you say that, what it makes me think about is that my husband and I probably only had to really work on our relationship once we had children.
1: Yes, and I really, it makes me just feel a bit sad when I say, okay, one of my standard questions is, when's the last time your relationship was great? What was happening around that time? And often I expect this and they say, before kids. Or, you know, these days there are so many allergies and there's health, you know, things that have always happened but there seems to be a lot more allergies and things to be aware of and anxiety with children that is seems to be on the increase as well. And so it absolutely, like you've found, you really need to check in with your values, how you go about doing things, how you discipline a sick child, how you discipline any child, what are the consequences. And so that's why I definitely put that in part of my work in my publications is, you know, let's have a really good, healthy chat behind the scenes so that you are a united front because otherwise those little darlings in their most innocent way, they'll manipulate you. If they know that <laughs> dad does one thing or there's two dads or whatever, that there's one that's more inclined to um, have it this way and one's a little bit more lenient. So, you know, so you definitely have to be united front. Even if you don't agree in front of them, you go back and talk about it afterwards behind the scenes. So definitely back yeah. each other in front of them. Yeah.
0: One of the things you talk about in this book is parental self compassion. How do you recommend that parents nurture themselves?
1: Oh, take away the guilt, first of all. The fact that you actually need to look after yourself is number one. And being okay with that, because I think particularly for women that we are designed with that nurturing gene. Like we're naturally going to put other people before us. Not everybody, and there are blokes that do that. But I definitely find that that's how the female brain is made, that it's going to be a lot more self-sacrificing, which is a wonderful thing because we're the ones that have the, uh, we give birth. But I think it's really, really important because I know I used to forget to eat. I remember reading the the baby books going, make sure that you take some time out to eat in between that six minutes that you've got to yourself when you've got a newborn. But just making sure that your mindset is that I deserve this, that I should be mentoring this for my children as they grow, that the whole place tumbles down if the parents aren't at the top of the triangle looking after themselves and showing them what even great social relationships are looking like that mum and dad do go out on dates and that you can have a babysitter or you need to be quiet while mum and dad have a conversation over a nice dinner if you know whatever it is that that translates to you but I think it's about putting yourself first is really quite okay what do you think about that?
0: Well, I was going to say that um, I love the idea about staying social because my girlfriends in particular are so, so important to me and my happiness, but uh, I was curious as to how that that translates into good parenting skills. Well,
1: I guess if you're out every night and you're coming home hungover, that's not particularly going to be (laughs) great parenting skills. But I think it's more just about them seeing you, even with being able to, you know, I work with a lot of introverted clients who really struggle to make social connections. And it's just about really trying to encourage that. You don't have to be an extrovert to be able to enjoy some deep and meaningful few friendships or, or just teach your children how to reach out and say, hey, love to have you around for a a child's play date or come around all together because they need to see how it's done. Otherwise, they'll end up on their screens as a teenager, lacking social skills and being more likely to be anxious and depressed because they've got no one to rely on. Like we need, especially us women, again, our stereotype, some of those guys, they can't handle all of our words and we need a tribe to be able to share our words with. And it's so therapeutic. Like you said, I love my girlfriends and I love to just hang out with them. Not all the time, but it's nice to know that they're there, especially when the chips are down.
0: Now, when it comes to relationship conflicts, you mention in your book that you love the Oprah Winfrey 10 rule. Can you explain how it works? Because I really do like this idea.
1: Yeah, well, I have been known to forget the bakes something. I'm the one that I forgot the money or I forgot to bake something. And it's like, okay, how many times have I done this? You know, you've got to think about what's what's actually the reality here, which I think often, again, women can do that. Guys will be a lot more, lot more logical. I love my husband for that because he'll just say, hey, it's just the one time where I was like, oh, no, I feel so bad. But is this going to matter in 10 minutes? Yes, probably. What about in 10 hours? Yep. What about 10 days? Probably not so much. What about in 10 months and 10 years? Like really, is my child going to nail me for the day that I forgot the bake sale? Even if I did it twice, it's not really going to be a sticking point in time, but it's more about the experiences that I'm creating, it's that advent calendar that I make every year that I think they're going to remember that stuff more than anything else. But I'll be the first person to say, I'm um, heading towards 50 and I'll still blame my mother for something. So I know that they're going to get me on something. (laughs) i like to default to my mum to say, I reckon that's your fault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think one thing that a lot of parents struggle with is how to maintain the romance when, Most parents of small children feel totally exhausted by six o'clock every night. (laughs) I can't just be me (laughs) crawling into bed, just saying, okay, like me time is sleep time. And that's, that's end of story. How do you manage that? Because I know sometimes my husband likes to stay up at night, whereas I'm so tired, I need to go to bed. And I always feel a little bit guilty when I leave him in the lounge room to go and go to bed, have a quick read and go to sleep. Uh, but it's kind of that balance between, well, do I stay up and what, hang out with him on the couch or do I sleep because I know I need sleep now? How do you keep that in perspective as a parent, like balancing what you need and what you need in terms of connecting with your partner?
1: Yeah, well, I put a big unscientific banner across my counselling work with couples and there's that's called Respect and Kindness, which features in the book. And, you know, I'd have to pull your husband up there sometimes that maybe he could pop into bed at nine o'clock with you or 8.30 or whatever time it is and just have a quick chat with you. Like it needs to go both ways that if you, yeah, are the one that needs to go to bed earlier, and that's definitely a theme. I'm there with you as well, that sometimes you could both work around that um, or you could get up if you're the early riser then that you know that you can enjoy that time together but one of the chapters in my book is parenthood and romance in the same sentence question mark like (laughs) how do you actually do that and as a therapist with three children like you know when I they were quite young when I started uh, couples counseling and it was so good because I was in there with the rest of them so I needed to walk the talk. So I couldn't just say, you guys need to do this and you've got small children, but I'm not doing it. So what we did is without, we don't have any family. So no support network except for other parents here where I live on the Sunshine Coast. So we teamed up with another family and we made sure that once a month, we'd book it literally for the next six months that I would go to her place on a Saturday night and look after her children, and so then her and her husband could go out, and she would return the favour. And I can tell you, because we'd locked that in, unless someone was really, you know, it had to be a really good excuse, you couldn't cancel because she had actually arranged her life around this. She had declined invitations to be our babysitter, and no matter how exhausted we were, like we literally did get those days where it was, oh, like, oh it's date night tomorrow <laughs> night. Like we are both look at each other and go, I've got nothing left. But you know what? went out had one or two drinks and had an absolute blast It didn't take much to have fun because we weren't having much anyway because we're so exhausted and just <laughs> we both had our own businesses and so really it was so lovely like I don't remember any night that we regretted going um, no matter how exhausted we were and that comes to anything in your relationship that you really have to make intimacy intentional when you've even got nothing left like I'm not saying that your libido is going to change even as you have children that's definitely going to happen but just making sure that it's intentional that just because you have children does not mean that your relationship is not a priority because your children are the loudest likely with their like mine I've got three boys and they will easily become the center of attention if we just let them get away with it and it can't always be the case as much as they are the center of our world we have to be the priority at the top of the triangle yeah
0: what a great spot to end the interview. Joan, thank you so much for chatting with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Joanne Wilson. She's a neuropsychologist and author of Renovate Your Relationship.